Welcome to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies to improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to help improve financial results in our beer business, and now I'm helping other craft breweries do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today I sit down with Andrew from Secret Hopper. Secret Hopper is a mystery shopping and consulting company for craft beer businesses. It's their goal to help craft beer businesses improve their customer experience, find new areas of opportunity, monitor changes in their customer habits, and learn and grow from it. So we cover a number of different topics, but really three big points that are going to help you grow sales, help you grow profits in your taproom, even in this time where virtually all business is being done online and e-commerce. So some really great ideas uh, that uh, Andrew covers and goes into some detail. Best of all, they work and they're relatively simple and quick to implement. So with that, please enjoy this conversation with Andrew from Secret Hopper. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you here. So Secret Hopper, we use it at Wormtown. And in the introduction, I'll, I've given some some background on how we work together. But give, give listeners uh, just some details on Secret Hopper, how the idea came about, kind of what you're doing, services, and some insights on how things have changed in this current environment. Yeah, let's get it going. So about three years ago now, I was just at home, you know, I'm always thinking of ideas. So I messaged my wife. I'm like, hey, Stacy, she was working at an animal hospital at the time. And I said, I've got this great idea for a business. We're going to be a mystery shopping company for breweries called Secret Hopper. And a minute goes by, she texts me back. That's stupid. So what did I do? I had to go buy the domain. I made the website. You know, I started planning out the business model because I had what we were going to do, but I didn't have the actual business plan of how we were going to get there. So that was the launch of it about three years ago. And prior to that, my background was in food service. I ran a company that oversaw large operations at stadiums and arenas around the country. And in just doing that, I knew it was more about than just a baseball game, more about just a concert. It was about that overall customer experience. And I had loved craft beer for probably going on about a decade at that point. I'd been a home brewer. You know, it was a part of my life. It wasn't just something I did every now and then. It kind of consumed me sometimes. So I wanted to find a way I could take my passion for beer and combine it with my experience of helping create customer experience. And as we were watching the industry grow, we knew that you had to do more than just make good beer. You had to run a really good business. And a huge part of that is just the experience you have with your staff. So early on, we really didn't know where this model was going to go. And I didn't know if breweries would be receptive to the idea. Because at that point in time, three years ago, I think we're at a little over 5,000 breweries. And while maybe a decade ago, you could get by with making just okay beer and have an okay experience just because there wasn't a whole lot of breweries out there, as the industry just continues to soar... I mean, I really believe you have to do more than just make great beer. So I put that passion behind the project, started reaching out to a ton of breweries, just preaching what I do about, you know, caring about your guests, caring about your staff, really trying to create a whole customer experience. And that's kind of where we started. And the goal with Secret Hopper isn't to focus on the beer. I know you guys are doing a great job with that. Although I haven't had a Wormtown beer before, I'm sure you're doing a great job with that. If you're still around. <laughs> okay. But it's really about putting the focus on the experience you're putting to your guests, you know. When you go to a brewery and 
you have so many options these days. And there's one, say, on every block near your house, you're going to go to the back to the brewery that has the overall good quality beer, but also that great customer service and great overall engaging experience. And it's our goal to help take a great brewery experience and make it to the next level. You know, every time a guest leaves a brewery, we want them to be like, wow, that was one of the best brewery experiences that I've ever had. And what we do, we focus on the little things, whether or not staff's offering recommendations, you know, even just introducing themselves, offering beer to go. Things that we can say right now that just seem like common sense, but when people are busy helping hundreds of customers, you don't always think about it. So it's our goal to really put that little focus on the little things. So at the end of the day, as you know, it's going to make you more money. And we want to help out in the little ways that we can. Absolutely. So that's our background. Yeah. I love it. And how, so I'll, I'll give uh, kind of just a really quick example of how we've used it. And then I'd, I'd love to hear maybe some examples of how others are using it. So just the logistics of it, you know, we'll, we'll, secret shoppers will come in, right? They'll have a list of a checklist of questions that they'll go through. Like, you know, was I greeted when I walked in? What, what did the, did it smell like a brewery? What did you notice? Uh, the things that were very interesting to me are, um, upon checkout, were you offered to go be or merchandise? And that's you know, one of my favorite questions. Isn't it? I mean, it's, it's the upsell, right? I mean, I, I quote unquote, and I've always sort of advocated, like you can upsell without being pushy. You know, people are in your tap room, they're in your brewery, they're there because they love what you got going on. So offer them, you know, the the new t-shirt or the new hat or an event coming up. I just, I think it's one of those ideas that's simple, but not often done enough, right? Or it's not practiced or ingrained enough. So those are some of my favorites. Are, Are there any particular favorite questions or things that maybe other breweries have have looked for that you've found interesting? So I'm going to go on that one for a minute because it's one of my favorites too. And before Secret Hopper, you know, I was an idea guy. I like to get really creative. But from Secret Hopper, I've become more of like a data geek. I get excited to like analyze all this unique set of data that we have. Because the Brewers Association puts out a ton of like industry-wide data, but we have a really unique and fascinating taproom set of data that I just love finding two points and seeing how they relate. So with regards to Go Beer, we found that, brewery staff are only asking a guest that they want to go beer about 20% of the time. And when someone doesn't ask that question, a guest is only going to make the additional purchase 9% of the time. But when they do ask that question of, hey, you know, would you like some of this to go or whatever it may be, a guest will say yes 49% of the time. And it blows my mind. It's one of my favorite statistics. And just like you said, you don't have to be aggressive about it. You don't have to be like a used car salesman. Just say, hey, you know, you seem like you really enjoyed that beer. Would you like some for the road? Or would you like to try this other one you didn't get a chance to enjoy while you were here? It's all about kind of finding the unique way to interact with each guest. Every guest is a unique experience. And we've seen other breweries just like yours just try to train their staff to be a little more, you know, enthusiastic about encouraging that. And we've seen the increases, you know, just by even if you get your staff to ask it half the time, that's more than most are already doing. You're going to see an uptick in your to-go sales. And it's a great tool for merchandise as well. So that's that's one of my favorite ones. And another fun statistic that I like to throw out there. So I also run the Craft Beer Professionals group on Facebook. And we've got an industry group of about 8,000 people in there that are engaging in a lot of daily conversation. And a few years ago, I put a statistic out there that, you know, when you have a physical menu, the guest is going to spend 35% more. So people started, you know, it's like paper menus, just paper menus going to make that much of a drastic increase. And actually it does, you know, the guest with something physical in their hands is going to spend 35% more. And 
know, I hypothesize about that. It's because one, we like reading things. When someone gives me something, I'm going to read it. And if you and I are going to be sitting at a brewery together, we're going to discuss the beer. It's going to become a conversation point. But it also can kind of play out too with impacting how much beer I might consider buying for the road. If I'm reading about this delicious beer that I didn't try, it's going to kind of motivate me up here a little bit just to say, hey, maybe I will take that one to go. And that's what we're seeing. Guests who have something they can hold on to spend more money. But really with regard to Secret Hopper, it's our goal to work with every brewery in their unique way. Everybody has different goals. There's some breweries that already know they have a really good customer experience and maybe just want to use it as a tool to reward employees. And there's others that realize, hey, we've been in business three months. We don't know what we're doing. We need some outside feedback to realize who's doing a good job. Because a lot of times brewery owners, they're doing a million different jobs from, you know, it might be the accountant, that might be the janitor, they might also be a bartender, and they don't always have time to stay on top of and monitor their staff. So we try to create the correct, correct questionnaire to help them monitor the points that matter to them. Awesome. Those are, I gotta, I just have to go underscore those two points because, you know, uh, and, and I'll and I'll preface this by saying, you know, there's normal times and then there's abnormal times. So normal times, you know, these these two things work very well, right? Ask uh, for the sale, and I, I just want to say this again. You said when when you do ask, would you like some packaged beer to go? It's forty nine percent of the time they're going to buy. If they don't ask, it's nine percent. That's yes, forty percent. Yes. That's incredible. And then mind blowing. It's my, and yeah, I love it. <laughs> the second thing is you, you just said was if there's a paper menu, people are going to spend 35% more money. Yeah. You know, as breweries, tap rooms, you're out your cost. Like, how do we increase sales? Well, you've just given everybody, if you're not doing these two things, <laughs> it's, you know, why not? Right. So one of my favorite things to do when, when breweries might ask, you know, well, is your service going to pay for itself? I'm like, look, you can get rid of 24 out of 25 questions. You stick with this one question and you do it right. You're going to see a difference. Love it. So yeah. I guess I guess people can just stop listening right now and just go do these things. <laughs> but but I do want to ask you since and, and those are brilliant and I love them. Uh, given where we're at right now, right, it's online sales, it's e-commerce, it's curbside pickup. How are th- are these still applicable? These two things, and if not, are, have you? If, has the data shown you anything else that's kind of popping out, like how folks can um, optimize or increase with this kind of new situation that we find ourselves? So yeah, I've got a couple ideas on that. So with regards to the tap rooms that are opening right now, you know, people used to make fun of me about paper menus at one point, saying it was a waste of paper, just giving them out. But right now, people want single use things. So a single use sheet of paper that you can just throw away. Honestly, I recommend it. And with regard to the to-go beer option, we're seeing everybody kind of pivot, at least up until about this point when they start to reopen, to that virtual store where you're putting guests online to purchase your beer. You know, I've gone to quite a few online stores to buy beer over time. And as I'm checking out, if they popped up a little thing saying, hey, would you like to buy this Wormtown keychain before you check out? Just a simple, hey, don't forget, or a little pop-up saying, you might like this as well. That's a really good idea where you can take what you would usually do in person and just convert it to the internet. Love it. And that's really what we're seeing right now. I mean, everybody's really trying to pivot to that virtual state. And one of my keywords with regard to everything we do is just engage, you know, engagement and education. I can't speak highly enough about those two words. I mention them way more in all these shows and my guests and friends that I ever probably should. But those are the ways you're going to get those tabs increased at breweries, just by engaging and teaching guests and having them connect with your brand. And it's a little difficult to do on the internet. And I found that a lot of breweries, you know, they've kind of stuck to their guns and done, done what they've always done. They post pictures of beer, post pictures of events. 
but you can't expect the same old formula to work when you're not using FaceTime with people. So I encourage breweries right now, and it's not even a secret hopper related task, it's just me talking to breweries, just do whatever you would do in your tap room and try to find a way to put it on the internet. Whether it's trivia, whether it's selling that extra beer to go, whether it's karaoke, whether it's, I've had a brewery and it's not quite on the internet, but they've done a drive-through like farmer's market. They took something that was a huge event on their Sundays and made it safe for the current time. So really it's all about finding ways to try to do most of your normal activities in some new and unique way. And for me, that's the fun of it. Just trying to find fun ways to innovate and keep that revenue coming in. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, I talked with Bump Williams recently. I don't know if you're familiar with, with his work, but he's, they call him the retail whisperer. He's re, he's, he's real into the off-premise channel, on-premise as well, but just really retail. And I asked him this question and I'd like to ask it uh, of you relative to kind of the state of the industry. So for him, I was asking kind of more globally, you know, off-premise, on-premise, uh, things of that nature. But from a taproom perspective, what, what would you say is kind of the state of the taproom business right now? You can kind of take that question any direction that, that you'd like. Oh, wow. That's such an open-ended question. Well, first off, I, I think it's a little bit scary because we don't know where the state of the world is. A lot of breweries are starting to open, and I'm seeing, seeing mixed reviews about how they're going. Some breweries aren't seeing the crowds they hoped, and others are seeing really large crowds. So in addition to just running a tap room, I believe breweries are also putting a lot more focus on the safety side of things, you know, the sanitation, the cleaning, the food safety, the social distancing. So I think it adds to the operation. I think it makes for a more stressful operation as well. And I've read through a lot of breweries right now that are currently operating. They're seeing that a lot of the guests that are coming out already are the guests that might not care enough about those extra precautions. So you prepared all these extra safety regulations, but the guests that are coming, I hate to say it like this, are the ones who don't care as much. Maybe they're the ones without kids. Maybe they're the ones who don't feel they're at risk. For whatever reason, they're ready to return. I can't blame them for being ready to come back to a brewery. But a lot of the people who might appreciate this a little bit more aren't coming. So I think there's a lot of frustration on the brewery side because they've taken all these extra measures to make sure they're up to standards and they're not feeling appreciated. But I think what they're doing is great. It's only going to make for a smoother, cleaner operation. And I think as we continue to see where this goes, ultimately be something appreciated by the guests. But also kind of looking at beer styles right now, we've just seen national trends towards more larger package formats and more flagships. I think that's going to really be the same way at most tap rooms. Sure, there'll be outliers with where you can get a neat seasonal release out there, but people are going to come back and they're going to want to drink what they're comfortable with. And I think that's going to be a big thing that we see people coming. And you know, while you can convince them to try a flight, I think people are really going to be craving that beer they've always enjoyed at your tap room that they can't get in the local supermarket. And I'm curious to see how breweries are able to keep the momentum flowing with this as well. And I think as we see this progress a little bit further, the event space model that breweries and tap rooms are using is something they're going to have to think about as well. Because I like to tell people, breweries aren't just tap rooms. They're places where you can have community involvement, you can have events, you can have meetings, you can have so many different unique activities take place in your tap room. And with regulations right now, kind of limiting the number of guests and how close they can be, that's going to be something that's difficult. You know, when you're usually having 200 people in a packed tap room on a Friday night, you can't do that. So you it's ever so more important to maximize the guest time while they're there. Because if you're used to having 200 guests on a Friday and now you're only at 100, you want to make sure all those guests are expending as much as they possibly can, safely, of course, but because you're not seeing the great revenue that you would often generate from the larger number of guests. So just engaging at a high level, I mean, I really can't stress enough, is always important, but now it's even more important because you're probably going to be seeing less guests. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious if you have any, and this doesn't have to be data per se, but maybe anecdotal evidence or stories or things of this nature as to what people are buying in general at tap rooms from a to-go perspective. And, you know, you had mentioned people are kind of gravitating towards brands that they know and like, they're gravitating towards larger pack sizes, yet they're also a segment that are still wanting that stuff they can only get at the tap room. Do you have a sense or even just kind of your own gut on it? What are you hearing? What are you, what are you thinking as to what that consumer is looking for, for that to-go beer? Oh, wow. That's a tough one right there. Cause I don't have any data on that one. But I believe people want that extra to-go beer right now because people aren't going out as much as they used to. And I don't think they will be going out as much as they had been for a while. So I think they will be more likely to say yes to that to-go beer than ever before. Because when they're out at a brewery and they know they're not going to go out again, maybe again for that month, they're going to drink beer at their house. I mean, we we drink beer at our house. You drink beer at your house. You want to make sure your fridge is stocked. And if you can avoid pulling the mask out, wearing gloves and going to the grocery store a second time, you're going to say yes a little bit easier than before. So that's something I am very curious about. While I don't have data on it, I would love to see data on that, see if there's an increase in that to-go beer question we keep talking about. But I think people are also going to be, you know, they are curious on new styles. The special releases aren't as frequent as we had been, but I do see a lot of breweries doing a really good job of promoting them on the internet and encouraging people to do a drive-through, you know, special release on a Friday or pre-orders. I've seen breweries you know, shift to that pre-order model a little bit more where they can reserve their beer or pay for it on the internet. And I think that's going to be an important thing we see with regards to go beer, just less touch and interaction you can have for now, I think is the better. And that's what breweries I think are switching to as well, whether it's an app that allows for a touchless service or merely the option to just purchase from their phone. I think that's something we're going to see. And I think that will result in more to go beer sales because it's so easy just to click a button and say yes. But I, I think with regard to formats, I think we're going to see a more, let's say, the cans and bottles, of course, I think we're going to see a little bit less growlers. And the reason I say that is, it is strictly from personal opinion on this one. Most breweries aren't refilling personal growlers. And for that reason, I know if I'm going to Wormtown every other week to buy a growler, I'm not going to collect a billion and one of your growlers because I probably already have some around the house anyways. So I'm going to stick to more of the reusable format. And I think we're going to see a trend to that. And once we start, you know, maybe allowing personal growlers, I think we might see an increase in that. But for the most part, I think it's going to be the smaller options the cans and the especially the cans crawlers and things like that makes sense so i'm going to shift here and i'm going to ask you another <laughs> there's a crystal ball question oh boy um and you can you can feel free to, to punt on this one if you'd like but you know i think the the burning question is like when is when are we going to come out of this right and uh, you know the the obvious answer is nobody knows nobody knows what's going to look like every state's got different restrictions different rules and etc cetera, etc cetera. but I guess from what you're hearing or even maybe what you're you're feeling in your gut on this, what's your sense as to what the next three to six months might look like from a from a taproom perspective in, in terms of opening up? Well, the curious thing is, for the most part, breweries are just now starting to open. But an even more interesting thing is that some breweries, even in states where they are allowed to open, are choosing not to open. And that's really fascinating to me because some reasons they're doing it is one for the safety of their employees. They feel they're just not ready to take the steps necessary to protect their own employees and their guests. So I respect them for doing that. And you know, for those breweries who are choosing not to open right now, I'm very curious to see when they choose to open. And also when you don't have staff and a lot of these breweries are sell a lot to go already. If they're just selling a lot of beer out the door already, they've employed new models, whether it's delivery, pickup, that they're seeing success with. So they're seeing success with lesser cost in the tap room. 
and selling a decent amount of beer. But I don't think that's going to last for long. I think taproom has to start opening up again. And I'm very curious to see, you know, who's willing to come out. That's going to be the biggest thing with regards to the taproom. You're not going to immediately jump up to 100% of your pre-COVID numbers. It's going to be all about when the customer is ready. And with regards to the customers in the tap rooms, we need to listen to them more than ever. Everybody has their ideas of what sanitation measures, what extra precautions they want to see in place. And it's more important than ever to talk to your guests or put out surveys to your guests to see what they're looking for when they come to your tap room. So I believe that customer feedback right now is really going to play into the occasion. If I go to a brewery and see that they're not wearing gloves, not wearing a mask, and the brewery around the corner is, I might go to the brewery where I feel more safe. And that's an opinion matter for most customers anyways, but I think it will play out to the situation in the next three months. And I really feel the more we can teach customers that it's safe to come out again, that we're doing everything we can and putting that out there. I think putting that on the internet as well, just showing fun pictures of your staff, just joking around, but wearing their mask, wearing their gloves, doing things in the current new normal, it's going to be fun to see. And I'm sure you saw it as well because you did mention Monday Night Brewing on a past episode of yours, but they did a really fascinating study about what the customers are looking for. And really what they're looking for in Georgia might not be the same as what they're looking for in Massachusetts or Virginia or wherever it may be. So that's why it's just so important right now to understand the guests and see where they want to be in six months. Because We can be where we want to be, but unless we're there together, a tap room's not just a brewery. It's not just, you know, the staff at the brewery. It's the guests that are coming through. So we need everybody to be in this together to make sure we're safely drinking more beer. That's really what it comes down to. Hopefully drinking more beer. There you go. Absolutely. So for your for Secret Hopper's business model, at least at least as it was constructed, is um, secret shoppers come into the tap room and they do their checklist as we talked about. So they're physically there. Do, have you replicated that model for this new? And do you, do you have secret hoppers that are out there, like secretly shopping via e-commerce? So that's a fun question. I had a lot of shoppers ask if we were doing it. I think at this current time right now, most breweries are more concerned about just pivoting and acting on the fly and figuring out ways to make these e-commerce options happen as opposed to wanting to get feedback. Because I know so many breweries are just, their minds are going in so many directions right now. They really haven't had time to sit back and probably even take in feedback. So unfortunately, we haven't had any shoppers go out and kind of evaluate that experience. But it would be fun to see. But like I said, we we, we haven't done that right now. Absolutely. I, I mean, just speaking from from my perspective, I I think it would be very interesting because you know it it would give us um, I think some feedback on is the system even working? You know, if I go online, what's the ease of use? Now we, we use it with our point of sale system. We use Toast, so they go online, right? There's a landing page, and you place your order, and on and on, and you know we're getting sales, and it seems to work. And but I, I've personally heard, and I I would certainly defer to our our taproom manager, but I've not heard you know, plus or minus, um, just a few stories here and they, it was easy place. The order drove up, got my stuff worked great. Um, but in terms of that sort of value add, uh, that, that would be interesting. So I put out an article on just about what you're talking about right now. You want to make that online experience as easy to use as possible. I, I've seen a lot of breweries merely post on Facebook. Hey, you know, we're putting this beer out on Friday, pre-order it at the link below. And what they've done, they've shared it to all their social media platforms. And if I'm on Facebook, the link might not be there because they only put it there on the Instagram platform. So I've had times where I couldn't even find the link to order. And so many times you go to a brewery website, you can't find the right button to click to get you where you want to go. So the goal really should be to get the customer from your Facebook 
to clicking checkout on your website in as few clicks as possible and as easy as possible. It's just about having things clear. Just like when you have a menu in front of you, you want to know what you, the beer is called. You want to know the ABV. You want to know the IBU sometimes. You want to know the ingredients, the name, the style, just the basics. I went to a website the other day and they merely just had the beer names and I hadn't bought a beer from them in a while. So I'm reading a list of names and I don't know one from the other. So information is key. I mean, really just think about that taproom menu, take it to the website and make it happen on the internet. There you go. Yeah, I think, you know, I think back to Amazon a lot and they, I don't know if they came up with this term or somebody else did, but that uh, frictionless purchase, right? Make it easy for not only for the consumer to buy something, but to be upsold. You mentioned that earlier. You, hey, you bought this. Maybe you'd like this as well. But I, I think that advice is like sometimes the simplest, most obvious is the most overlooked, right? You have to tell people where the link is to buy, you know? Right. And, and I, and it's, uh, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's a great way to uh, just do a quick audit of, you know, every, everything's e-commerce right now or, or for the next foreseeable short time, hopefully. Uh, so to make sure you're doing the best you can, I think that's, it's good advice. Yeah, but to kind of go back to our business model for a sec. Mm-hmm. So our business model had been on the taproom experience. And you had a really great point. It'd be awesome to evaluate your online experience. And I think so many breweries right now are just working on that pivot, trying to find ways to get as much revenue as they can as possible, keeping as much staff as possible. That they really haven't had time to focus on that. And I, I completely understand that. They don't need a billion emails from me saying, hey, we can help you maximize your online experience. While it is really, really valuable, I don't think it's the email a lot of breweries want to see right now because one, they're probably not checking their email as much as usual because they're trying to do so many different other things. With reduced staff at a lot of breweries, someone who might have also been doing the, you know, the numbers in the back might also be selling to go beer at the front. So they're back and forth all day. And you know, while it would be a fun study, I don't think it's feasible at this time. But if you'd like to do it, let me know. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. So we've talked about a, a, a few uh, really great ideas, but I, I wanted to ask you more directly, like from a sales and marketing perspective, are there any must-dos for brewery owners and managers that you would recommend for right now? Yeah, there is. And this is something I haven't seen any brewery really do. Think about Netflix. Think about anything you have delivered to your house on a weekly basis. It's a subscription model. How many breweries have you seen do a subscription model, say, with beer? You know, when I'm buying beer, it's a one-time purchase. And ideally, I'm going to go back to that brewery, so I'm going to do it multiple times. But, for example, you know, I've got really intrigued by the non-alcoholic movement that's taking over right now. And you, you see it a lot in the news more so than even just a year ago. It's a segment that's really growing. And one really unique thing they're doing, Athletic Brewing out of Connecticut, and they just put a location in San Diego, you can order their beer, one, on the internet, and they can deliver it essentially anywhere. But they take your credit card, they'll say, hey, pick two six-packs, and every month they're going to get delivered to my door. And I think that's a fantastic model, because obviously we can't ship beer, in most cases, nationwide. But if my local brewery was like, hey, Andrew, you know, every month we're going to guarantee you one of our flagships and our seasonal, you give us... 20 bucks or whatever it may be, give us your credit card and automatically charge that each month. For me, that comfort would be really nice because I'm going to know I'm going to have that beer that I enjoy, but I'm not going to think about it. When I give someone my credit card, and I know most consumers are the same way, you're going to forget about it. And the process to go through to cancel it, especially when you're talking about not drinking beer, because people like to drink beer, taking away that beer that you would be getting isn't really a fun concept. And I would love to see more breweries try to get a little outside the box and do strategies like that. And I would love to see how it works because 
I, I truly believe it'd be a model if I could just go in there once a month, get two six packs. It's a win-win for everybody. Mm. It's very effective everywhere else, I would say. Right. You know, again, we'll go back to Amazon. They've got, uh, you know, Amazon Prime that just renews. You maybe they have, they have uh, Audible that just renews uh, Netflix, as you mentioned. So, I mean, makes sense to me. I like it. Yeah, I'd be very curious to see some breweries do it because it'd be guaranteed money. Yeah, that's a great idea. So what lessons have you learned personally or what are you learning from this crisis? And again, you can answer this any way you like, whether it's crisis management or preparedness or just general business lessons? I think you always have to be ready to pivot. You never know what's going to happen. For our model, it was strictly taproom sales. And we've been pretty much stagnant the past two months because of this. But it allowed me to kind of focus on a few projects, not necessarily secret hopper related, but beer related that I wanted to spend some time on. So I think it's always good to have other ideas in your back pocket. You should never stop brainstorming. And what we did, we put a couple of things out there. You know, I created a platform called Virtual Taproom. And the goal was to recreate that intimate taproom experience, but on the internet. Because our premise was we knew that we weren't going to have beers face-to-face. So we wanted to try our best to allow breweries with the opportunity to do it on the internet. So for us, it was just finding ways to pivot. But also, like I mentioned, other projects, you know, having that downtime when you're not doing your usual routine allows you to focus on things that, you know, might be on your list you want to get to. For me, I hosted the virtual um, conference in the Crafty Professionals group. And Looking back on it, I don't know how I could have done it if Secret Hopper were in full swing because I spent nearly a billion hours that week just dedicated to that project in general. So I'm kind of lucky that I didn't have two things going at once. Of course, you know, I'm not happy with the current state of the world, but it's allowed me to learn from other people and it's allowed me to just learn how to manage my time and find ways to innovate with the current situation. So I think the ability to just innovate pivot is keep your mind going, keep a list of things that you want to do at the business. I know I have so many reminders on my phone of ideas I want to bring into my business and just having that little downtime or moment to even think about ways that I can implement them is something that every brewery should be doing or every business should be doing just in case they come to a time where the revenue streams aren't typical. They have to find ways to you know, be prepared for the next wave of things like this and ways to make it work. Absolutely. So um, I do want to ask you just just one more question for me, and then we can wrap up. But you had mentioned an article on making your online business as easy as possible. If that's something you can send me, I can link to it here so folks can can download that and read it and uh, do some do some studying on their own. So I think this has been fantastic. Uh, you know, a lot of great ideas, easy to kind of take and run with. So I hope I hope folks really get a lot of use out of this. I did want to just close by asking people want to get in touch with you, learn more about you or your business. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. Email is always great. It's Andrew at secrethopper.com or merely through Facebook at Secret Hopper website, secrethopper.com, like Secret Shopper, but Secret Hopper. Awesome. That's great stuff. And again, you know, Andrew, really appreciate your service. Appreciate your time here. You know, I know for Wormtown, we've learned a lot, got a lot of great insights. We didn't always get great scorecards, but it's certainly, uh, you're definitely above average. You're doing great. It's, it's you know, you got to know. You want to know what the feedback is, good or bad, so you can, you know, make improvements. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's all more so a starting point. You can only get better. Awesome. Andrew, thanks so much for your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Finance Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinance.com. 
And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Finance Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.